If ever I'm at a house party of strangers or dinner with people I don't know that well, the first thing I try to do is find out their passion. You can talk to many people about many things, but there's nothing quite like talking to someone about their passion. Whether it's the work they do, a side hustle or something completely outside the box, I just love talking to people about the things they love talking about. My name is Matthew McLean and this is my passion project, the podcast where I talk with interesting people doing interesting things. It's the end of our first season, so today I thought we'd try something a little different. I've enjoyed every single one of our interviews with our passionate guests on topics as diverse as cars and education through to travel and social impact. And I'm so lucky to be surrounded by the most incredibly passionate people in my life. And while usually we just get to talk to one of them per episode, I thought for this final episode in 2021, we'd try our very first My Passion mixtape. Today, you'll hear from a diverse range of topics, from reading and speech pathology to racing and gymnastics. They come with different experiences, philosophies, and accents, but there's one thing they all share, that golden thread of passion that's been woven across every guest we've heard from this season. Before we kick off, I just want to extend a huge thanks to all our guests who have participated in this podcast, and of course, some 2,500 listeners from all over Australia and the world that have made this so worthwhile. Thank you, and stay passionate. My name is Sarah and I'm passionate about reading and this has been a passion of mine since the age of five and my love of reading and of discussing books is now so inherent in me that I wouldn't have even thought to describe it as a passion until it was Matt who pointed out that it actually is exactly that. So we all know the factors which tend to predict whether a child will be an avid reader, you know, the number of books in your childhood home or whether your parents are readers themselves but neither of those factors really characterize my own childhood. For me, my love of reading came about typically when I started school and had access to a school library for the first time. And Zadie Smith, the author, um, one of my favorites, she's described her love of reading as a child as a sanctioned addiction because nobody will tell you off for reading a lot as a kid. And in that same podcast episode, she explained that she believes that children generally read to escape the world because kids who are quote unquote addicted to reading are generally not doing so because they're delirious with joy about their own lives. And I would definitely agree with that. So I've continued to read throughout my life for two real reasons. Firstly, because I'm much more interested in other people than I am in myself. So there is that element of escapism there for me. But secondly, and most importantly, I found that it's the best form of comfort I've had when life has been hard. And the best example I have of that is the fact that I gave birth to my son in early 2020 and three weeks after he was born, my home state here in Australia went into lockdown because of COVID. And that was an incredibly isolating time for me. 
And the one thing that really seemed to bring me any comfort during that time was reading a single book over and over, which was A Life's Work by Rachel Cusk. And I understand that this was a controversial book at the time it was released. And I certainly, you know, don't empathize with all of Rachel's views about that first year of parenthood, but I did resonate with so much of it, especially her thoughts around the loss of identity as a mother. And in those early days of parenting, that book came across as being so profound to me. And it was such a good antidote to the nonsense that people tend to post on social media about, you know, the alleged perfect bliss of early motherhood. And there was more truth in that book than there was in a lot of the advice that I received from people I actually know. So reading is a passion of mine because it's my comfort. I'm reminded time and time again through reading that none of my life experiences are unique that people have survived those same experiences for 50 years or 200 years. And reading really does help me make sense of my own world. Hi there, Maddie, and g'day listeners. My name is Jake Rishpeth, and today I'll be talking about my passion for fly fishing. Um, I grew up in Cobdogla in the Riverland in South Australia, where we used to chase carp and callop, um, a fish called golden perch or yellow belly in the eastern states. And in the saltwater, I used to chase flathead salmon and King George whiting down on Kangaroo Island off the coast of, of South Australia. Um, for me, fishing's always been in my blood. Uh, both parents are, are keen anglers. Um, my grandmother's family, in fact, on, on dad's side, have always been involved in fishing, um, both recreationally and professionally, right back to their roots in the Shetland Islands in the North Atlantic. Um, more recently, I've done a lot of fly fishing, chasing brown and rainbow trout in the lakes, rivers and streams in Australia and New Zealand. I think what I love the most about fly fishing, and fly fishing particularly, is the places it takes you. There's a saying in fly fishing that trout don't live in ugly places. And in my experience, from New Zealand to Tasmania, the Blue Mountains outside of Sydney to some of the highlands in South Africa, that's certainly true. And I think as well, as I do more and more fishing, I appreciate the people that I meet along the way. Um, In more recent times, I've been doing a lot more competition fly fishing events. Um, And certainly in Australia, it's introduced me to a range of people of a variety of ages, some of whom I now call very, very dear friends. I also love the element of, of working of working it out, losing yourself in your thought. It's you against the fish. You're knee deep in an icy stream, completely off the grid, outside of phone reception, and a far cry from the hustle and bustle of, of life in Sydney. And I really, really enjoy that component of it. It gives me an opportunity to completely switch off. I also enjoy that it requires an element of patience. Um, it's, it's not for everyone, but it also teaches you to keep things in perspective. For some fish, Murray Cod are an example, it only takes catching one fish in a trip or even a weekend to make it. And it just really makes you appreciate and cherish those moments and the people you share them with. More recently, I've really enjoyed introducing other people to fly fishing, whether it be my father who hadn't really fly fished before or my girlfriend Mel. I look forward to watching both of them do more fly fishing in the years ahead. And I particularly enjoy teaching them the ropes and, and enjoying the enjoyment they get from catching fish. I think I might leave you with one of my most treasured memories and certainly well, it's certainly one of my, my most treasured fly fishing memories and it's right up with my most treasured memory and that is catching my first and only 10-pound trout 
um, on the first day of the season on a remote backcountry New Zealand river while my parents were watching. It was one of those days. We were in the beautiful South Island, snow-capped mountains, uh, blue skies, hardly a breath of wind, not a cloud in the sky, um, and it was just a truly spectacular fish in some incredible surrounds. So that's just a brief summary of, of why I love fishing and, and why I love fly fishing so much. Hello, my name is Natalie and my passion is gymnastics. My parents took me to my first class when I was around four years old. I don't have any memory of my first class, but I don't remember a time when gymnastics wasn't a part of my life. I was mostly a recreational gymnast going after school, learning for fun, but I ended up doing some low-level regional competitions as a teenager and then even a couple as an adult. Funnily enough, they call these comps the veterans, but I was probably only about 22 or 23. I've also been a coach for the last 17 years. So there have been some times after long weeks or stressful work politics where gymnastics doesn't really feel like a passion anymore. But when I think about it, it definitely still is. Gymnastics is a fantastic sport. It's mentally and physically challenging. It's humbling and requires dedication and discipline to progress, but it's also so much fun. And there are so many things to learn. You don't need to be an Olympian to participate in gymnastics. For young kids, it helps them develop physically, cognitively and socially. And it is an amazing foundation sport. For adults, you don't need much to get started apart from a willingness to learn. And no, you don't need to be strong or flexible to start. You will fall and fail a lot and you won't get things first time you try them, maybe not even the hundredth time, which I think is one of the best lessons gymnastics has to offer. Mistakes are great when we can learn from them. One of the other amazing things that gymnastics has done for me personally is it's given me the confidence to be able to move my body in a number of different ways. And this has helped when I want to try a new skill or a new sport. While anything new is never easy and always requires work, I've been able to take my hand to things like bouldering, crossfit and weight training, hip hop and pole dancing, yoga, hiking, snowboarding and surfing. Gymnastics has given me so many opportunities to have fun with movement. Hi, my name is Aisha and I'm passionate about being a speech pathologist. I guess this started from when I was young and growing up with two family members that have had speech and communication difficulties. I just knew that I wanted to help and make a difference in their quality of life. I've been working in the field for about seven years now, and it's crazy how I love what I do more and more each day. I reckon the main thing that my passion has taught me is to simply trust the process and really be patient. Sometimes things just don't go as planned, but it's okay. You learn how to adapt and persevere. Through my passion, I got to meet many amazing clients and their families. And it's been beautiful how, as a therapist, you get integrated into their family and just become a part of it. And the love that they give me has been indescribable. It's just this unconditional mutual love. 
I'm very thankful for the work that I put out there and all the efforts that my clients and their families do each day. I'm very, very lucky that my work is my passion and I get to do it every day. I'm Josh and my passion is horse racing and wagering. It's really nice to be able to have a platform to to speak about it and, and tell people why it gets me out of bed most mornings, most weekends. I guess a good place to start is probably where it all began. Uh, it began with my family, my dad specifically. He owned a racehorse when I was really young, probably 11 or 12, up in Queensland. And I got to see firsthand just what that brought to his life. Obviously, he co-owned it with friends and family and the industry at large just it's like it swallowed him up whole and, and, and spat him out a different person on the other side. It, it just came with so many added benefits, the sociability aspect, the wagering aspect, the, the insights that you get behind the scenes, trainers, owners, jockeys, horses themselves, the beautiful animals that they are. And from there, my kind of passion just skyrocketed. He's owned multiple horses since, and every time he owns a new one, I just seem to fall more and more in love with the industry. And as I got older, naturally, wagering became a bigger tenant of that passion, A, because I couldn't legally gamble until I was 18, but just being exposed to markets in that way and and all the intricacies and ins and outs of horse race gambling and then as a result, sports gambling, it's just been such an interesting ride. So that's kind of where it all began. I kind of took it to the next level in my late teens. I did a few um, internships and placements with big trainers in Melbourne and Sydney, Gay Waterhouse in Sydney and Lee Freeman in Melbourne, big Hall of Fame trainers, just to see the industry from their point of view, the people that make it tick every morning. And it was incredible like to see people whose passion and job are combined in one thing every day, 2 a.m. in the morning, treating horses above themselves was probably one of the most eye-opening experiences I've ever had. It was difficult, especially not being used to it. But seeing how they put horses on a pedestal and treat them and, and every morning and they do it day in, day out, 365 days a year, just enhanced my love for it, but I quickly realized at that point that I either needed to pivot and stay in the industry or do something else, and I, I decided to go to uni and follow that kind of dream and, and move away from the industry and, and decided that from then on, I'd probably only ever treat it as a hobby and a passion because it, there's enough in it for me to do it that way, and so that's what I did, and um, here I am now, 27 years of age, still loving it probably more than I did yesterday. Still gambling, but always responsibly and just loving it ever more. It's brought in plenty of friends and family. I can't think of anyone I know or don't know that doesn't love a day at the races or every time they get a taste for that one bet or, you know, on Melbourne Cup Day usually, they just love it. Like it just transforms them and, and to be part of that process and, and help them along the way and see that joy and be able to share memories with people over this sport is, um, it's probably what I love most about it. I think the other thing, the other aspect of it now as I'm getting older, I'm realising that I probably do want to play a part in it as part of my career. And I think I'm really interested or deeply interested in where horse race gambling and horse race, horse racing wagering and sports wagering is going to go in the next five to ten years. Obviously, America have just legalised fixed odds sports, which I could talk about for hours, but... Their industry over there is expected to be three to five times the size of Australia's market in in the space in, in not a very long space of time. So the industry here and internationally is just going to grow, and you kind of want to be on the on that side of history. 
And I think for me, just seeing how my friends react to a bet or sharing a moment on a big race day or a big sporting day and just coming together culturally is just such a huge part of Australian sporting culture. You can't help but fall in love with that. And that's, that's what I love most about it. So that's, that's definitely where I see it going in the future. I can see these big bookmakers, uh, bookmakers in Australia and internationally starting to offer a more well-rounded, full-natured kind of wagering experience, which is less about the actual transaction and more about the, the benefits and the, and the experience behind the transaction and in front of the transaction. Um, and it's just going to be an incredible transition to see that happen. I guess for anyone who also has an underlying passion in the industry, it's an unorthodox one, especially for younger people to talk about. You know, wagering and gambling and horse racing, especially in Australia, gets a really bad rap a lot of the time. One, on an animal cruelty basis, and two, from a responsible gambling point of view. I'd say that those people who are passionate about it keep on it because from seeing it from my perspective, it's horses are treated better than humans in most instances and obviously you can't love the uh, can't not love the animal and not be in the industry. So there's always going to be bad press around it and that's um, being negated every day we, we live live and breathe the sport. But it's it's definitely a, a great industry to be a part of. I guess another part that I could talk about is um, I guess one of the favourite things I love sharing with people who are new to the sport or don't know much about horse racing or sports wagering beyond kind of the odd Melbourne Cup or you know, State of Origin or Rugby World Cup. You know, these days NBA and NFL seem to the college football seem to be the massive markets is is kind of teaching people the analysis and level of insight behind a typical transaction. A lot of people just think it's often just a uh, click here, click there. Uh, because you love a certain thing. But if you actually have an interest in and, and a knowledge behind, especially horse racing, the amount of variables that go into picking a horse to win and, and watching people listen to those and actually try and understand how your mind works if you follow it day in, day out is, is fascinating because a lot of the time people just think, Oh, you're just a problem gambler. You know, you, you pick XYZ because you, you just hit, trying to hit and hope. But there is a, like anything, there is a, a logic to it and there is, quite a lot of variables that go into horse racing. So you need to be on the ball and you need to you need to know what you're, what you're doing. And at the end of the day, you can't control the outcome because they are animals. They're not humans. But, you know, if you know as much as I know, and even I'm still learning, there are so many good things that you can uncover. And watching people or bringing people into that conversation, seeing them kind of participate and engage with you as you talk through your selections and how you're coming about a particular horse to win a certain race and then ideally seeing that come off and winning a bit of money is it's you're hooked um and that's the same for sports wagering as well like we've seen the rise of nba and nfl and college basketball these are international markets that we can being in australia we can only watch them uh via televised broadcast but being able to now have access to information around it that you can bet on uh, from a player point of view or a team point of view or player performance point of view. It means that as fans, we can go to that next level of engagement and interaction and integration with that game. And that's what I love, you know, being able to basically take a college basketball game and or an NBA game and go, look, you know, your sons are playing uh, the Bucks, but, you know, my knowledge is leading me to this particular insight or this particular result. 
and try and identify some value from a financial point of view, or even if it's a small bet, it doesn't need to be a massive bet. It just, needs, it just gives you that extra skin in the game, that extra peaking interest that takes it to the next level. So that's probably the thing I love most about horse racing and sports wagering. I guess the last thing I'd sign off with is is just around this particular passion of mine. It's whilst it's a popular industry, it's not a popular thing that you necessarily come across people who have a shared passion in racing, especially horse racing and, and sports kind of wagering is if there is anyone out there who's also feeling the same way but doesn't know who to speak to or doesn't necessarily want to tell people that they're passionate about horse racing, please feel free to reach out to me through either this podcast or um, through Matt and and he can pass on your details because I'd love to start a community of people talking about this as a passion because it is a massive passion of a lot of people and they they suppress it because of bad publicity or perhaps they don't even recognise it as a passion but it's definitely something that, that... people love talking about and people love engaging in. So, um, yeah, absolutely feel free to embrace that passion and then and come talking if you want because uh, it's, a, it's a great thing to be a part of. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe or share. I'd love if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you download your podcasts. And if you or someone you know has a passion worth sharing, be sure to get in touch at www.mypassionprojectpodcast.com.